This is HPR episode 2756 entitled Bash Tips 20 and is part of the series Bash Scripting. It is hosted by Dave Morris and is about 33 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is Deleting Arrays, Positional and Special Parameters in Bash. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hello everybody, this is Dave Morris for Hacker Public Radio. Now, when I finished my last episode in the Bash Tips series, I said I was going to have a bit of a break. Um, but <laughs> it's, uh, I've had a small break, but not as much as I had planned. And the reason for doing that was because I suddenly realised I'd forgotten something from the topic of arrays in Bash so I thought I'd put together a show just filling in that gap, tell you what it is in a minute, and um, would add in another another topic just to uh, to fill things out a bit. So this is sort of supplementary to the bash arrays business, and I've called it tidying loose in. So I need to tell you how to delete arrays and bits of arrays and stuff. So that's what I'm going to talk about. And I also have avoided, not deliberately really, Avoided talking much about the positional and special parameters in Bash. That's the ones we've seen in passing, which we call $1, $2, things like $hash and so forth. I'm going to cover a few of them in this episode to sort of fill in some of the, the holes that exist. And while I'm about it, I'm just going to mention the the titles. The titles of these shows used to be silly, quite deliberately silly, and I stopped doing that come about uh, by episode 14. I thought the joke was getting a bit tired and uh, never had any feedback, so I assumed that, that it was universally derided, perhaps, <laughs> or ignored. Anyway, I think a few people missed them, because I've seen a few slightly more positive comments since then. And a certain HBR colleague was found vandalising my new style titles as they were being posted. I won't say who that is. So I've started adding them inside the notes of the older shows, and I'm adding one here. I went back and added some to the the shows that had already got uploaded. So this episode's homage to silliness is Some Collateral Bash Tips, which we will assume that that's what this episode is called. Okay, let's get to business. It's the unset command that we need to look at. This is a built-in command that originated before Bash in the days of the Born shell. And you can use it to remove variables, arrays, parts of arrays, or functions. The command syntax is fairly simple. It just consists of the word unset, followed by one one or more, I think, of three options and the name of uh, a variable or function or whatever. Now, it's the name of the thing, and it's not 
the thing substituted. So it doesn't have a dollar sign in front of it. The other thing about unset is that if you try and unset something that doesn't exist, then it's just ignored. You don't, it doesn't cause your script to halt or anything like that. So let's look briefly at the options. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail on them here. Uh, leave them from for other shows down the road. So the hyphen V option simply means that the name or list of names that follow unset refer to shell variables. So I've got a little example here where a variable fruit is set to the name of a fruit. It suddenly had a hankering for certain uh, fruit that you can tend to find only in the Far East. Rambutan. Great, delicious thing. Anyway, fruit equals rambutan, then echo fruit equals uh, fruit is, and then dollar fruit. And you get back fruit is rambutan. If you do unset hyphen v fruit and then do that echo again, then you just get back fruit is. So a variable that's been unset in that way has been completely removed. And it's not the same as setting the variable to null. So there's another little snippet of code here which demonstrates that. This time I'm setting fruit to another fruit, I rather miss mangosteen. Glorious thing. And I'm using an if statement afterwards that tests to see whether the, the fruit variable exists or not. And I'm using the slightly confusing hyphen v and the name of the variable inside double square brackets. And you'll remember that that returns true if the shell variable named in there exists and has been assigned a value and uh, false otherwise. A value also includes null. It exists with the null value. So, so I get back the answer. It's just the same if statement all on one line, just repeated several times here. We get back the answer exists. Not surprising, we just created it. Then I do fruit equals nothing. Now that's how you set it to null. Do the if test again and get back the answer exists. Then if you do unset hyphen v fruit, run that if a third time, you get back the answer doesn't exist. So that's just to prove the, the point about existence and whether it's null or not. I've been slightly confused about that in, in the past, so I thought to... In case you are, I would just uh, explain a little bit. If you use the hyphen F option, then the names that are given after unset refer to shell function, and these are removed. I'm not going to say much more about this because we haven't really looked at uh, functions in a formal way, but I plan to do so before too long. If you give uh, no option at all, then unset will check to see is what each name actually is. If it's a variable, then it's removed. And if it doesn't exist as a variable, but it's a function, then it's that is removed. So you need to be a bit, little bit careful if you're, if you're doing this, because you might type it wrong and accidentally name a function that has a similar name to the, the variable. Pretty unlikely, I'd have thought, but uh, just be aware. You can run bash in a strict POSIX mode in which it's defined that functions can only be removed if the hyphen F option is given. So that's the sort of thing that POSIX tends to do. It tends to tighten up on some of these slightly more relaxed areas. 
The final one is hyphen n, and this is for removing variables which have the name ref option set. Now we haven't really mentioned that so far. We're going to look at that as we look at functions most likely. I haven't quite planned those uh, shows out, but I've definitely got it on the list to cover. Name ref is a really nice feature, I think, that uh, I definitely want to talk about and explain. So a couple more things. If a variable has been declared explicitly and has been marked as read-only, we, we looked in episode 19, the last one, at using declare-r, or the um, alias for that, which is read-only, and creating variables that way. If you, uh, if you try and unset them, you, you will not be allowed to do so. There's no way of deleting them, in fact, other than closing down the shell in which you create. I wanted to just hammer home the issue of putting a dollar in front of the name after the unset command. So I've got a little example code here, and I've got two variables. One is A, and its contents are the, the letter B. So I set A to quotes B. Then I set second variable B to some string actually used contents of variable b as my string. So I then echo these two things with a, an expression that says, a string that says a equals dollar a, b equals dollar b, and you get back a equals b, and then b equals contents of variable b. Okay, so we've got these two variables set up in this way. Now if you mistakenly typed unset dollar a, which as you know you shouldn't do at all, but you know, we could we all make mistakes. Then if you ran that echo again, you would get back the answer A equals B and B equals nothing. So in other words, dollar A has been substituted to return the single letter B, and the unset was operated on that B and has deleted the variable B. I suppose that could be useful in some contexts, but I think it's more likely to cause confusion. So another reason why you really should not do that so hopefully you bear that in mind when and if you come to to do this sort of stuff so let's get to the array part of this you can um i think this was an, an addition yeah it must have been because unset came to into existence before arrays were added it came before bash itself so you can unset an array so unset the name of the array and You'll delete it. The whole array will vanish. No dollar sign, remember. You can also use array square brackets with an asterisk in them or with an at sign. No dollar and no need for the curly brackets. That's not ambiguous. And you can remove individual elements of an array as well by using the name of the array and some subscript. So the way I've written these out in the notes here is the sort of syntax diagram that you'll see in the documentation. There's no actual value. You couldn't you, you couldn't necessarily type these in, but they're sort of generic descriptions of how you do it. And I'll um, explain why I just said that in a moment. So if you're unsetting an array element, then the subscript must be numeric or an expression which returns a number if you're dealing with an indexed array. And if it's an associative array, then subscript needs to be a string or an expression returning a string. And you need to quote that variable if it's, it's going to return something that contains spaces. 
And the index for an indexed array can be negative, as we found earlier on in this, the bash array shows. And the element that's going to get removed is relative to the end of the array. Now, when you do this sort of work using shell check to check what you're doing, and I've mentioned shell check, it's a script checking tool which which is uh, which will check your bash scripts. It advises that when the subs subscripted arrays are used with unset, and that includes the ones with square bracket asterisk or square bracket at sign, they the whole thing be quoted to avoid problems with glob expansion. And I've done that in the examples that I've I've got in the episode. You can probably you can often get away with it, but it's a sort of case where a script's working fine and then you make some change to it, not realizing that, that there's a potential pitfall waiting to, to catch you. The shell check thing helps to uh, to avoid that type of thing. So I've got an example which is called which you can download of course, bash twenty underscore ex one dot sh and in it, I'm trying to demonstrate array element deletion, the sort of things that it does. It's a long script. It doesn't contain anything very world-shattering, and I'm hopeful that when you go to look at it, you'll see that it's um, pretty self-evident what it will, will do. It's going to use random random uh, variable to select things, select an index out of the array, for example. And I'm seeding it, first of all, just to make sure you get a different random sequence every time you, you call it. I'm setting it to the result of a command substitution using date plus percent capital N. That returns the, the current nanosecond counter from the clock on your machine. So you get a nice multi-digit integer number that, that uh, should ensure that random is seeded from it with a good starting point. So let's look at indexed arrays. So I'm declaring an indexed array which I'm calling IAR, I array. And then I'm populating it with map file. And map file is using a um, one of these uh, process substitution things which calls printf with the argument percent %s backslash n. And it's getting a brace expansion with the letters A to C in the first pair of braces and D to F in the second. So this will produce the pairs of letters A, D, A, E, etc. up to C, F. So that will uh, simply create that number of elements in the array. The script echoes the number of elements that it actually got. And then it uses declare hyphen p to print out that array so you can see what it produces and it's always going to be the same so you get nine elements it's uh, there's an example of how it's run in the notes and uh, you get element zero is ad element one is ae etc etc so so the next thing is to choose a random element so to do that i simply create a variable called ind which is set to the arithmetic expression using random and the mod operator percent. And on the right-hand side of that is the number of elements in the array, which which is use the expression dollar open curly bracket 
hash i a double square brackets asterisk close curly bracket so that will produce around a number between zero and nine then the echo that follows echoes element and then whatever that number is to be removed and it reports what its contents are so you'll see that in the in the notes here the script then reports the length of the array now that one element's been removed and lo and behold it's reduced down to eight elements and then uses it uses declare hyphen p on the array and it prints out the contents which you will see now consists of one less element it's uh, it's not world shattering stuff it's pretty damn obvious what's going on here so moving on to the associative array an associative array i've got one called a array a a double i really must come up with better names and that's declared with the hyphen capital a now in this particular case i am initializing this array in a for loop and i'm using the uh, the contents of the indexed array to, to populate this but there's a hole so my for loop begins at zero and goes up to the number of elements in the array but there's there's going to be a hole in this array where there's a, a gap between one index and the next. So I've actually used, in double square brackets, the hyphen V thing that, uh, that checks to see whether a given element exists or not, and it only adds to the associative array if the element exists. So the, the key for the, index, for the um, associative array is the contents of the index array so it's a a a d e and so on. and the contents of that element is going to be the number of the the element in the index sounds a lot more confusing when i say it that way than it really hopefully it will be this when you look at the output so i report back the length of the associative array which is eight remember the array we just built it from had been chopped had had one element removed and I, it reports back the keys using uh, the expression that we've looked at earlier on returns keys of associative arrays they come back in an arbitrary order though then i go through in a loop through these keys and print them out but what i've done here is i've echoed the keys i've actually echoed the keys by using the contents of the indexed array it's a bit of a cheat and i've sorted them so the you will get from that loop the array name square brackets ad equals zero then af equals one ae equals one i should say af equals two and so on and so forth so you'll actually you can actually see without using declare uh, hyphen p what's in this array so I then declare an array an index array called keys and I fill it with the keys from the associative array using a, a printf then the whole point of doing this was so that I could then use another random thing to generate a random key and delete that element so that's reduced the length down to seven and the final thing the script does is to print out using declare hyphen p the contents of the associative seems a hell of a complicated thing now i look at it <laughs> considering what it is but hopefully you'll find that useful that's all i'm going to say about arrays and unset let's look at the positional parameters these are the shells command line arguments as it says in the gnu bash manual 
We've seen these in all the various um, shows that have been done to talk about bash scripting. They're denoted by numbers starting at 1, so $1 means parameter 1. Now you can create these at the time the shell is invoked, but it's pretty unusual to do that. It's more likely that you'll see them being used in scripts. When a shell script's invoked any positional parameters, call you know, X, Y, Z your script and then put after A, B, C, D, and these are, these are the arguments for the script, and they're going to be placed into $1, $2, $3, etc. So in generic terms, the positional parameters are referred to as $n, where n is number starting from 1, or you can write it as $open curly bracket n, close curly bracket. You need to use the, the one with the curly brackets or braces if the number after the dollar is 10 or above. So bash can only parse the case where there's a single digit following the dollar. You know, there's various contexts where it's going to be confused anyway. So it uh, might be a good idea to do that all the time, though I must admit I never do. I just add them in. There's obvious ambiguity or if I'm trying to access parameter 10 or 12 or whatever. Now you can't assign to these things because the variable name is actually a number. So in order to do it, you'd have to be able to type something like 1 equals 42. And that, that makes no sense. It's not allowed. There are ways in which you can. You can set them, mind you. I'll come on to that in a moment. Right now, in fact, there's a set command. Now, the set command is massively complex. It does everything. I think I've touched on it before. I can't remember. But one of its features is it allows the positional parameters to be cleared or redefined. So you use this feature of it. And I'll touch on other capabilities of set as I go through these these various shows. But I'm not going to talk about any more today. To get it to set the position or clear or set the positional parameters, you type set space two hyphens space and then a list of arguments. And that clears the positional parameters. And if there are arguments provided, it's optional. It puts them into the, the parameters. There's also a version followed by a single hyphen and a, an optional list of arguments. And if there are arguments, then they replace the positional parameters. But if no arguments are given, then the positional parameters remain unchanged. So set followed by a single hyphen doesn't clear. If there's no arguments, nothing happens. If you give it arguments, they will replace the positional parameters that exist. It's weird. I find this weird anyway but it's really useful. The other one is the other one is there's a command called shift which is a born shell building command from from before bash and what it does is to shift the positional parameters to the left. It consists the syntax is shift followed by an optional number and if that n number is omitted then it's assumed to be 1. The positional parameters from N oh this is this is the explanation of how it works from the, from the documentation. I don't find this useful <laughs> anyway. The positional parameters from n plus one onwards are renamed to dollar one. So if the positional parameters are haggis, neeps, tatties, it was Burns night when I was writing or it was somewhere around that where are we the Scots eat haggis, neeps and tatties. Anyway, if if that's your three parameters so $1 is haggis, $2 is neeps, $3 is tatties. The command shift2 will result in haggis and neeps get falling off and the single parameter being tatties, which will now be in 
a scenario if you try and shift more places than there are parameters and the n to the shift, the number after the shift, cannot be negative. If you make an error then uh, you get a non-zero status back but the positional parameters have not changed. I've got an example of some little snippets that are coming up shortly to demonstrate some of this but I want to discuss a few of the special parameters before I get to that. Now a number of these are related to the positional parameters and we'll look at these preferentially just now. The GNU Bash manual contains more detail than I've actually shown in the notes. I've, I've put a sort of modified transcript of what it says in the manual here, so you've got it in one place. So, let's look at these parameters. The first one is the asterisk. So you'd normally write this as dollar asterisk. And what this does is expands to the positional parameters, starting from one, and if you don't put it in double quotes, each parameter expands to a separate word. When you put it in double quotes, you get a string formed by concatenating each of the positional parameters separated by the delimiter inside the IFS parameter, the IFS variable, I should say. So this is where the concept of dollar in quotes dollar open curly bracket array open square brackets asterisk close square brackets close curly brackets close quotes which we've been looking at throughout the bash array stuff i think this one must have come before the arrays yeah it will have certainly have arrived before the array and that's why the arrays idea has uh, has is using a similar thing next one is the at sign and you would normally write that as dollar at and that expands the position parameters as well, starting from one. And if the expression's in double quotes, then you get back a list of quoted words. And that's similar to the thing where you put an array name followed by square brackets and an at sign and the, the effects that you get there. And I've discussed this on several occasions, so I won't go into any more detail. Third one is the hash mark. Dollar hash means the number of positional parameters as a decimal number. So you'll often see if tests being done that's, that do things like if dollar hash is not two or something because you because then it then produce an error because your your script requires two two arguments and it hasn't got them. The final one is zero. So dollar zero. This expands to the name of the shell or the shell script. I'll explain the business about creating a shell and fiddling with it in a moment. But uh, shell, uh, shell script, I certainly find some more useful context in which to do this. And we, we look at shell scripts loads of times, so it's no big deal. Also applies, a lot of this also applies to uh, functions, shell functions. But we're, we're going to deal with them in a few shows down the road. So what I've done here is I have put together a couple of examples. The first one is just, I think what I did is I put together a whole list of commands. I typed a list of commands at a, at a terminal and captured them in their output to demonstrate things. I've split them up into little groups so I can then explain each bit. But it's not a thing you can download because, uh, well, we'll see why in a moment. The second one is a downloadable script. Let's start on the, the snippets. So it starts with a dollar prompt and at the dollar prompt slash bin slash bash has been typed followed by space hyphen s 
and then the words hacker public radio. So what's happening there is a new shell is being created. The hyphen S option runs it interactively and allows arguments. You then get back a prompt. Prompt doesn't look any different from the first one, but it is. You are now in a sub shell. And there I echo dollar zero. Well, dollar zero, if you recall, is the name of the shell or the shell script. And I get back as an answer slash bin slash bash. So we invoked bin slash bin slash bash, and that's what's in dollar zero. Then echo dollar hash mark, we get back three because there were those variables, those three arguments which are now in the three positional parameters, and uh, so the answer is three. Next one is echo dollar at sign, and we get back the three arguments hacker public radio. Now, the next thing I'm doing is to set the positional parameters using the set command. So what I've done here is set space hyphen space dollar at space is space cool. So what that will do is it will take all of the arguments as the positional parameters that we we saw before, the Hacker Public Radio, will expand them and then append is cool on the end of it. So if you then type echo dollar as dollar hash, you get back five. It's five arguments now. If you echo the arguments using dollar at, you get hacker public radio is cool. Now if we the next snippet we use shift space two and echo the result, we get back radio is cool. That's shifted hacker public off the end and into oblivion. Now, I created a very, very simple little script, which I didn't put the the creation of it into this example, but it's in slash tmp slash test. If you don't know, slash tmp is a place where you can put temporary files and they get deleted often. You log out? I think it is. It depends. There are various rules that you can control which will change. The convention is that they are deleted when you log out. So um, anyway, this temp test file consists of hash exclamation mark slash bin slash bash so that's um a hash bang which defines what what uh, that's what you you do at the start of script in order to say what script language it is and what's going to execute the content then there's an echo dollar hash and an echo dollar at and then exit the thing i haven't noted here is that i've had to make this file executable in order to make it work. So if you simply type slash TMP slash test and then give it the three words, which in my case were rice, millet and wheat, then the script echoes back three because of three arguments given to it and it reports them rice, millet, wheat. So you can see the point of this was to show that running a script takes its own set of arguments puts them in $1, $2, $3, and so forth. And when the script exits, the positional parameters in that environment are still intact. And I demonstrate that by echo dollar at, and I still get back radio is cool. So the last thing in this particular snippet is exit, and that terminates the shell that we opened up at the beginning. The idea was that you could maybe have a shot at doing this yourself to see the sort of things that uh, that can be done. So the final thing is a downloadable script bash20ex2.sh 
This is a very simple script, and it's just to demonstrate positional parameters. So in it, there's a test if, followed by double square brackets, dollar hash hyphen ne2, close double square brackets, semicolon then. So that is testing to see whether the number of arguments given to this script is 2. And if it's not, then it's an error and we want to exit. So the body of the if is echo, and in, then in double quotes, usage colon dollar zero word space count, close double quotes. So remember dollar zero here is the name of the script itself. I didn't actually demonstrate that uh, if you want to download it and play with it, you will be able to see that that worked. So within the after the, the fi of the, the end of the if statement, set two variables. Word is equal to $1 and count is equal to $2. So then all I do is to take the word, that first parameter, and the count, and I just simply repeat the word count time. And that's done simply by a for loop, which starts at 1 and increments variable i up to the value of count and for each instance it echoes the word in double quotes dollar word and it uses echo hyphen n to do this so there's no new line after each instance of the word then the, the loop ends and there's a further echo to produce a new line on the end of the concatenation of the words so when you run this and in this particular case i ran it as dot slash bash 20 underscore ex2.sh goodbye 3 and it generates the following output which is goodbye 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 I thought it's been really clever there that's the end of this particular episode and um, we'll call it quits there okay I hope you found that useful bye you've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org we are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.